keep your dream alive with internationally sought-after speaker, business coach and mentor, Cedar Archiru. Join us as we bring you industry experts to empower and transform your world. Learn about entrepreneurs' secrets to success, client attraction, digital marketing, website optimization, creation strategies, as well as many more to increase results. For more information, go to www.unleashedwomensnetwork.com. Now here is your host. Hello and welcome to Keep Your Dream Alive. Today we have a special guest, Rebecca Jones, and she started her first business at the age of 19 and has since developed businesses within education, tourism, and consultancy. Her in-depth knowledge of business and developing successful businesses has led her into her work as an enterprise consultant and mentor. Rebecca is educated to master's degree level, a qualified teacher, and an author of a business startup book for women, a regular, regular in the media, as well as a lecturer in mentoring for enterprise. And she encourages enterprise in employment and self-employed people. Now, Rebecca is on the show today, and Rebecca, I want to say thank you so much for being on Keep Your Dream Alive. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Oh, you're very welcome. It's lovely to be with you. Yeah. I love, you know, you have a tagline, the red shoe biz woman. I love it. That's why you're like, right. whoa, I like that. <laughs> red <laughs> shoe biz woman. <laughs> so do yeah, you wear red shoes every day? Yes, I have red shoes every day. Good, good. So, Rebecca, before we go into the topic of the day, which is developing entrepreneurial people, I would like you to tell us about you. And I've read a profile about you, but it's good to hear from the horse's mouth, like they say. Tell us who Rebecca is and what makes her tick. Who is Rebecca? Okay. Well, okay. Well, Rebecca is just an ordinary lady like everybody else. I'm a mum. I was brought up in a small town in rural Wales. And, um, yeah, and I still live in a small town in rural Wales. But I suppose the thing that makes me maybe a little different is that I chose to take some different paths in life. I started, as as you said, my first business at 19, and it wasn't exactly a success, but I I learned an awful lot from that. And at the same time, at the age of 19, I had my first child and was a single mum, and I also lost my first business. And I think everything I've done for the last 23, nearly 24 years now is based on those experiences of, well, why did that business go wrong and why did I do it to begin with and how can I help other people, you know, do this for themselves, use their entrepreneurial mindset, which I firmly believe everyone has an ability to be entrepreneurial if they really want to be. So that's kind of what makes me me, really. (laughs) <laughs> Fantastic. It's interesting that you said, you know, you said your business at 19 and you're also a single mom at 19. That's really yeah. young. Yeah, because at 19 yeah. you're just trying to find your feet, isn't it? Yes, you are. But um, I had a conversation with somebody the other day about when's the best time to have a child if you're going to run a business. And I had my second child in my late 20s. Um, and I don't think there is a correct time. I think you just deal with whatever you're doing at that time. And when, as women, you know, if we have children, we just get on with things. And um, so I don't think there's a perfect time or a perfect solution for when, when to have children and when to run a business. You just do the best you can with what you've got at the time. 
That's true. Absolutely true. But what makes your story really unique also, you know, you mentioned, I mean, I didn't know that uh, you had a child at 19 while you were starting your business. But there, there are a lot of women who are out there who are single moms and have given themselves excuses, uh, I don't know if you all, they've given themselves reasons for not um, launching out in business because they're single moms and they don't have time. Well, here you are at 19, which is, I think is quite young anyway. Um, <laughs> you have a child and you are starting a business. I think it's very courageous, you know, for you to have done that at that age. You know, it's like two babies, actually, because the business is like a baby, and then you have a baby, a real baby, you know. <laughs> so managing yeah. two babies at 19 is very courageous, very brave of you. Well done. I don't know <laughs> Courageous or foolish, or maybe I just didn't understand or realize what I was taking on. And, and maybe that's the benefit of youth is that you don't really realize what it's going to be like. So you just go for it, don't you? And I think that was how I was. And, and I hope that's how I still am. I tend to think, well, if you really want to do something, you just have to go and do it. I think when you were saying about people uses or maybe reasons why they don't do things, I think a lot of that is about the fear of failure. So when we talk to people about being more entrepreneurial, a big stopping thing for them, a big blockage is about this idea that, well, what if I do it and it doesn't work? What will people think? What will people say? Well, I have to tell people, to be honest, no. I mean, you know, if you started a job and it didn't work out and you left, you just say to them, oh, I went there, it wasn't very good, it wasn't for me, and I've moved on. It's exactly yeah. the same in business. And I remember thinking, what am I going to, am, am I going to tell people that my first business was a failure? And, and I, I never used to tell people for ages. And then I thought, well, it's nothing to be ashamed about. It was just the fact that maybe I didn't understand how business really worked. I didn't understand what was the key to success. Um, but it, it, gave, it showed that I had something within me that wanted to do it at that age, but maybe not quite the skills and the knowledge or the, you know, the sort of... A, people around me to enable that to happen. Um, and I think the other barrier for a lot of young women particularly can be family in the fact that, you know, if a family doesn't understand what it is that you're trying to do, they might dissuade you. I, and I say dissuade rather than discourage. I don't really want to say to you, no, don't do it. But they're sort of saying, are you sure that's a good idea? Is there maybe something else you could do which would be a bit better? So, and again, I think that's about they don't want to see you struggle. They don't want to see you fail. So you, you try and encourage people to do things you think they're good at, don't you? But until you try business, you don't know if you're good at it, I'm afraid. Exactly. <laughs> That's totally true. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask a question. Why did you start your first business? Well, the reason I started my first business is actually I left school with very few qualifications, and that's because I'm dyslexic. Now, I did know at that time that I was dyslexic, but I didn't really understand what that meant. All I'd been told at school was that I wasn't, any good, that I'd probably never be anything, um, and that I was not as good as my brother and sister. But it became clear to me by that, by that early age that one of the barriers I had to progressing and moving on was the fact that I was struggling with the writing of things, filling in forms, all of those sorts of things because of my dyslexia. Um, and so I thought that the best way around it, so this is how my mindset worked at that time, was if I worked for myself, I couldn't tell myself off for getting something wrong. Whereas if I worked for somebody else, I would be letting them down. But if I did it for myself, mm. I'd only be letting myself down. So that 
that was the mindset I had. That actually, it was the dyslexia that forced me into it rather than anything else. Um, and that is still true today. I've got to admit that actually, the more I work and the more I do things, the you know, my dyslexia has improved over the years. You know, I'm more used to writing and reading, but clearly I still make those mistakes. But because of, you know, where I am in, in life and, you know, business, it doesn't matter as much. Whereas I think if I was still employed by somebody, they would be a bit concerned about letting me loose on forms and reports and things. So I, at least I don't have to worry about that because I work for myself. So I have a really good uh, secretary and she checks everything. So it's okay. <laughs> so that first business failed. You know, what yeah. did you learn from the failure of that first business? Yeah, what I learned was I had the right attitude and that um, it clearly wasn't something that everybody does, whereas I didn't actually see it as anything unusual or strange or amazing to do. I was It was just something I chose to do. But the feedback I had from people was, wow, that's amazing. Wow, that's so good, you know, that you've done that. So I realized that actually this isn't a normal path, so therefore there was something about me that was a little bit different. And the other thing I realized was actually it wasn't that my idea wasn't a good idea because I, I still truly believe it was a good idea at, in that location, but I didn't understand what makes a business really work. And the, the key for me about business is about people and about understanding what the people that are buying from you really, really want and the people that you're working with really, really want that they've got and how all that intertwines to make your enterprise successful and that's the bit I didn't understand and I think that that's what I learned from that first business really that and actually to dust yourself off and go for it again <laughs> so why would you go for it again <laughs> uh, yeah, why do I, it I again and again Oh, yes, yeah, and and that's something that, you know, I'm quite happy to tell people. I didn't just do it once more. I didn't just do it twice more. I've done it three, four times more, um, bought businesses, you know, moved on, and, you know, I, I started a business, and then I gave it to a group of women that I was working with run as a social enterprise. That's, you know, because I just love the whole idea of business and, and the ability it gives people to feel empowered and able to do things for themselves. Fantastic. So what has been your, you know, I, I love listening to you and I like the fact that, you know, you've done it again and again and again. And I'm sure, you know, and you'll keep doing it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but what's been your key light bulb, <laughs> light bulb moment in business? Yeah, light bulb moments in business. Some of my key light bulb moments in business have been these. One is that it's up to me what I want to achieve and how I want to achieve it and what I choose to tell people. I don't have to tell people if things didn't work. I don't have to tell people if things are extremely successful. I can just tell them what I want. I'm not saying about lying. I'm just saying you don't have to reveal everything all the time. So that was really key for me to understand that, um, the, you know, the reason why a lot of people sort of seemingly are doing quite well is because they're not telling you all of the story. Um, so that was quite key. The other one was also about understanding what success means to you. And I'll probably come back to that one because I know that's something you're quite keen on as well. You know, that whole idea of success. Um, and also, the other one is about having people that you can speak to. And those people are, if you like, your trusted advisors, you know, somebody that you can have a real conversation about how things are going in your business and have some sort of feedback from them or, you know, guidance from them or just that they listen and, you know, 
let you come to your own conclusion. And so working that out has been a real light bulb moment for me. That actually, that's all that I really need is, is those trusted advisors around me. So you said you're an enterprise consultant and mentor. So can you mm -hmm. tell us what that is? What's an enterprise consultant? Okay, yeah. So I work with organizations on the whole now, sometimes small, sometimes large, and a lot of them can be charities or funded organizations that actually realize that they need to be more entrepreneurial or more, more commercial. The word they tend to use is commercial. The word I choose to use is more entrepreneurial. And that's all about understanding what really makes the difference from being an, a good business to being a really successful business. You know, all of that stuff around customer service, you know, being more aware of how you make profit and how you, you know, provide your services so that it's the most effective way of providing the services using the skills that your staff have. So I'm very keen that we understand what skills our staff have and how we can use those to make the organization as successful as possible. So that's that entrepreneurial consultancy. So I tend to work with an organization and their teams to get the organization running as successfully as possible, really. And sometimes it's just about inspiring the staff to think in a slightly more entrepreneurial way. Yeah, fantastic. And you're also a business mentor, so you're an enterprise consultant and a business mentor. Now, yeah, and I you know, my, next question, <laughs> my next question to you is, why should people have a business mentor? Well, and that goes back to what I was saying about having a trusted advisor, and a mentor can be your trusted advisor. So it's somebody that you really trust and respect for their own experiences, what they've done, and how that can help you understand where you're going in your business. So it's not necessarily about having somebody that gives you the answers. And it's a little bit different to a coach. Often a coach helps you to find a solution to yourself. Sometimes a mentor sort of does a bit of kicking and dragging and screaming with you. Um, and when I'm mentoring people, it's much more about a very deep relationship of you know, built on trust and respect for each other so that we can talk openly and honestly about your business, where you're going in your business, and how you are going to make that happen. Um, you know, and if that means that I have to do a little bit of teaching, if that means I have to introduce you to the right people or connect you up with the right things, then that's all good. So anything that will help you and your business become the success you want it to be. That's what a mentor tends to do. <laughs> okay. Um, I know that you believe in flexibility in business. Can you can you touch on that, you know, why women should have a flexible business? Yeah, I don't think it's just women. I think in general, um, when you work for yourself, you need to realize that you are going to be the hub of that business. And if you don't allow it to have some level of flexibility, if something starts to go wrong, either with you or your health or your family or whatever, and you need to take some time away or slow down or, you know, any any sort of change is required. If your business is very rigid and needs you in their nine to five or whatever it is that you do, ridiculous hours most entrepreneurs do, then you're going to really come unstuck. So the flexibility for me is about having, do you have another income stream that you can fall back on that doesn't rely on you being in there day in, day out? No. Another way. 
providing the solutions that you provide without you having to travel if you can't travel, maybe you've broken your leg and you can't drive the car, all of these things. You know, it's great, isn't it, when you're employed by somebody, if you've broken your leg, you've broken my leg, I can't go out to my meetings, and they resolve yeah. the problem. But if you whip yourself, how are you going to do that? You know, on the whole, my clients are pretty understanding of the fact that, you know, I am a mum. I mean, mine are grown up now. My daughter's 24, my son's 15. But at the end of the day, if they need me, they need me. And um, my clients are pretty flexible, but there are some things that I do. For instance, when I speak at conferences, I can't phone up and say my son's got flu. <laughs> you know, I still have to go. So what else can I do that will enable me to do what I want to do by having that more flexible approach to the business. So I always sort of encourage people to look at their business and say, you know, let's, let's play devil's advocate. What would happen if you couldn't go into work one day? How long would your business still run without you? All of that type of thing. Um, and, and how often are you speaking to your staff, if you have staff, about how they would work if you couldn't come into the office today? Fantastic. So, yes, it's true. So kind of build... Is it build your business around your life, isn't it, and then make it work for you so that your business runs yeah. even when you're not there. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, my businesses over the years have grown and shrunk and moved forward depending on what's happening in my life, whether or not maybe I, you know, I had a few years back a period of ill health and I was able to scale the business right like back so that it was just ticking over and it wasn't worrying for me or stressful for me while I was recovering and taking time out for myself. But my clients were kept informed and understood that I'm taking time out, but I'll be back. So we didn't have to start again because that's really frustrating and difficult to do. So, you know, it's just about understanding, can you change your business? How can you mold it and alter it? And, you know, if nothing else, if your your life might go really, really smoothly, but I'll just tell you, after running a business for over 20 years, you get a bit bored if you just do the same thing day in, day out. So I love the idea that I can alter and move my business and change it and the flow of it. Um, just keeps my interest going, if nothing else. Yeah. And, you know, there's something, um, you know, you talk about accepting help from people. And I find out that a lot of businesses or a lot of startup businesses or one-man business, you know, they rather mm -hmm. do things themselves. What would you say yeah. about someone who is taking on all the rules in their business? What would you say to a person like that? Well, for, for everything. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I like to think I'm quite good at a lot of things in my business, but there's definitely some things I'm not that good at. Um, I know it's really difficult when you're first starting out. You think, well, if I do everything, it won't cost anything. And that makes a little bit of sense in those first few months of startup. But once you start getting some clients, once you start getting some business in, you've got to start thinking, you know, let's take a real simple example here. I mean, I could do my accounts. I'm quite capable of getting numbers into a spreadsheet, adding them up, and submitting them to the tax office. It's not that difficult to do. But it takes me quite a lot of time. And if I work out how long that takes me, um, you can then work out how much money are you losing by not doing what you actually get paid for. So whatever it is your client pays you to do, be it that you're a hairdresser or, you know, you're a beautician or if you're a vet, you know, you get paid when you're with your client. So if you're not with your client and you're doing your, you know, finances, 
how much is that really costing you? And if you start working it out, if it takes you two hours or three hours or four hours to do your account, how much money could you really earn in that time? And then look at how much would it cost you to pay an expert. So let's put this out. This is somebody who's an expert in doing accounts to do the same thing. And even if it's a little bit more or about the same, do you know what? It's probably best to get them to do it because that's what they're an expert in, just as you're an expert in whatever it is that you do. So it's just this whole idea of, you know, why would you think it was a good idea to do something you don't really know how to do? Um, and that's kind of it. And I think once you can change your mindset from, well, I'm saving money by doing it myself to, well, it's better for me and the business to not do it. Then, then usually you can see somebody's business suddenly shift from being a coming along quite nicely sold treasury business to a business that's really going somewhere. And it's, so you can actually see people shift when they shift mindset to buying the expertise that they need. What is the best piece of advice you had in business? Oh gosh, that's always a hard question, isn't it? I've had, you know, I've had lots of people give me brilliant advice over the years. Some of it I've taken, some of it I haven't. I think the best piece of advice I ever had from somebody was to get over myself and do things for myself and not for other people. Because I used to always worry that, you know, what will people think, what will people say? Uh, yeah, so it was actually one of my mentors and he said to me, just get over yourself, Rebecca. Nobody really cares. Just do it because you want to do it. That was a fantastic piece of advice, and I still live to that, you know, by that piece of advice today. Yeah, I think it's a good one, too. Very good one. Yeah. So why are you called the Red Shoe Bees Woman? And how many red shoes do you have? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm called the Red Shoe Bees Woman because I always wear red shoes. When I was small, uh, when I was about five or six, and I was going to get my pair of shoes at the beginning of the school term. I actually asked for a pair of red shoes. I particularly wanted a pair of Starright Mary Janes. I've got a little T-bar across the top. And my dad said, no, I couldn't have them. I have to have black shoes. I didn't understand at the time. And all I kept thinking was, well, I want those red shoes. I'd seen them in the window or summer. I wanted the red shoes. Anyway, um, years later... I was able to buy my own red shoes, and that was with my first bit of money as a business owner. Um, and I bought them because I was having just one of those days. You know, we have as business owners where nothing seems to be going quite right. A business meeting hadn't really turned out how I thought it was going to be. I hadn't had the contract I wanted. And I had a board meeting with um, a whole group of men, and I really felt that nothing had quite gone how I wanted it to go that day. They weren't listening to me. Nothing was working. Bearing in mind I was only in my sort of mid-twenties, I think possibly it was the fact that I wasn't really coming at things from the right angle, but I just thought, well, what can I do to cheer myself up? And as I walked down the high street, I saw these pair of red shoes in the window, and I thought, that, they're mine. <laughs> I'm having them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I bought the red shoes, and the following week when I went back into that meeting, I tried again and um, I sort of had another go with the guys what the ideas were and what I wanted them to do and they listened and every time I thought mm, I'm not sure they're going to go for this I kept looking down at my feet and thinking I've got red shoes on and they're gorgeous and it just made me feel really good and that was it it just made me feel good I think it gave me that added bit of confidence and they obviously thought she really means business this time 
Um, and so that was it. And when I realized that, oh, the red shoes helped, I started wearing them more and more often. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Here she comes in her red shoes. That would be the phrase that I would hear. So, um, oh, yeah. Wow. I that's, that's a good story. Very good story. Yeah. So every time we have a very important meeting, there must be a red shoe on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I think you have to find one. You know, and it, and it's a different thing for different people. Some people it's about having the right pen. Some people it's about you know preparing in the right way. So whatever works for you, find that thing and use it because it gives you a bit of confidence. That's absolutely fine. But yeah, the red shoes seem to work. And so now, why would I wear yeah. anything but red shoes? I mean, I'm speaking to you from my office. I'm sat here all comfortably in my jeans, and I've got red trainers on today. So oh, I never wow. have. <laughs> I have red wellies, red trainers, you know, red walking boots. And the question you asked me about how many sort of red shoes do I have, I hate to say this, but more than I probably need. <laughs> but one, <laughs> yeah, but that, that's my thing. That's my thing. And um, so I just think that it is about finding what works for you. Um, so yeah. a message. Well, isn't about going buy red shoes because you know that might not work for you. You might feel really stupid in red shoes, but um, yeah, find what works for you and use it to to your advantage. Yeah, fantastic! I love this red shoe theory. Honestly, <laughs> I love this red shoe theory. <laughs> oh wow! So, um, Rebecca, if someone wanted to contact you, have you got you know what's the service you have that you can offer? Because the listeners are listening to you now, and how can they find you, and what is it that you can offer okay. to them? Yeah, well, first of all, they can connect to me in two really simple ways. They can go on to Twitter and connect to me there. I'm the Red Shoe Biz Woman, clearly. Um, so connect to me on Twitter. I'm always pleased to hear from people. Let me know how you heard about me as well. You know, it's maybe just connecting and not con- not actually communicating with me. So do that. Yeah. That would be great. And then you can always visit my website which is RebeccaJones.biz. That's RebeccaJones.biz. And uh, you can have a little look at some of the stuff I do. So I do an awful lot of working now, talking at conferences and encouraging other people to be more entrepreneurial. Uh, And then obviously I offer my mentoring service, and that's done either over the phone or whatever people want to do that. I only work with a dozen or so clients at a time. if, If you think that, you know, I can help you get in touch, and if I can, I promise you I'll get in touch with you and see what we can do. Uh, but that's a, that's one of the options there. And for next year, what I'm looking at doing is providing groups of women with um, mentoring and um, peer mentoring. So I'll be doing that in a more supportive way. So again, drop me a line, connect to me, pop on my website, and sign up for the newsletter, and then we'll keep you in touch that way. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much, Rebecca. It's been nice chatting with you and, and all yes. the tips that you shared. But I like the one of get over yourself, you know, and <laughs> I like that because I think a lot of women, you know, we, we give ourselves reasons why we can push ourselves as far as we should, you know, and your mentor said it right. Get over yourself and get it done. <laughs> exactly. And if you can get it done in red shoes and get with a smile on your face, that's even better. So, uh, yeah, go out there and, and do the things that make you happy. And that's, that's exactly. the best way of it. 
Yeah, I, you know, do, work in your business and enjoy your business. Thank you so much for all the tips that you've shared with us today. Thank you, thank you so much, Rebecca. No problem. You take care now. And you take care. Bye. Well, listeners, you've heard Rebecca. If this um, show has been of help to you, and I'm sure it must have because she shared so many things about her life and how she has grown her business, you know, share your um, your moments, you know, your aha moments with us. You can share it with us on our Facebook group, Unleash Women's Network, or on our Facebook page, Woman Unleash Your Potential. Just go on Facebook and type the link and you'll find us. You know, or go to our website and leave a comment on her blog post where we put all the information about this show. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you on the next Keep Your Dream Alive. You've been listening to Keep Your Dream Alive with Business Acceleration Strategist, Sudhir Archiru. Until next time, keep your dream alive.